Ah, the classic sound of Kenyan guitar. Well, I haven't heard that in a while, certainly not in person. Hello, I'm Georges Collinet, and you're listening to Afropop Worldwide from PRI, Public Radio International. Today, we're going to take you on a tour through some of the most fantastic music and stories that we've featured on our recent podcast. To start us off, we're going back to the summer, when Washington, D.C. was lucky enough to hear some of this magnificent Kenyan music live. Veteran reporter Marika Partridge was on the scene. Every summer, the Smithsonian Institute hosts a free international festival in Washington, D.C. It's been going on for nearly 50 years. The Folklife Festival takes over what's called the National Mall, acres of grass around the Capitol monuments and museums. It's a giant lawn party and a mixer that juxtaposes two cultures. In 2014, it was China and Kenya. The atmosphere at the Folklife Festival is relaxed and Kenya's music stars are easy to approach. My name is Eric Wanaina. I'm a singer and songwriter and producer from Nairobi, Kenya. We love the fact that we've been included. It's 50 years of Kenya. Um, our, our, our Kenyan grandson, Obama, is in charge here as well. So <laughs> it's a good time to be coming to America. Um, yeah, and it's a wonderful idea for a festival. Kenya sent musicians, artists, dancers, chefs, and scholars to D.C. While officially the country has 42 tribes, singer Eric Wainaina maintains that there are actually 43. The urban tribe, mostly Nairobi dwellers, has its own music, slang, and lifestyle, too. Eric was born and raised in Nairobi. He got serious about music early on and ended up at Berklee College of Music in Boston, graduating with honors. In Kenya, he writes hit songs in English and Swahili, and he does not avoid controversy. guitar-driven pop music that evolved from traditional Luo rhythms and melodies. Wainaina, a vibrant 40-something, is helping the process along. A younger producer that I've been working with came up to me and said, let's turn this into a funk song, you know? Sort of a funk banger marriage, you know? His name is Kagwe, Kagwe Mungai. And uh, I, I said, look, that's not going to happen. And he said to me, no, sit down, old man. I'm going to teach you how this thing works out. I, I sat in the control room and he decided to program some beats. And um, then we sent it over to a producer in L.A. that I was in college with a guy called Will Kennedy. And together we've come up with this sound that I think is, is, is pretty interesting in the sense that it does take risks. It, it juxtaposes benga with funk and that hasn't been done before, at least, at least not to my knowledge. I'm not trying to be revisionist. Ultimately, it's, it's stepping out of, of the of the cultural pigeonhole that sometimes I feel myself put into, uh, sometimes maybe even the message pigeonhole as well. Not playing safe at all. Eric's a sensation on stage. He plays guitar and piano and sings. To top it off, he's a fabulous dancer. I come see you. I see you. 
why Nina likes taking artistic risks. He says he's been looking for the thing called edge for quite a while now. Funk is one avenue he takes, and edgy lyrics is another. Mr. Politician, it's good to see you again. It's been so long since you've been here. You had me thinking you were dead. How's your taxpayer mansion? How was your taxpayer breakfast? How is your taxpayer automobile? You know you drive it so fast. You wind up the window of your fancy car, your fancy car. Turn on the AC in your fancy car, your fancy car. You can't feel the potholes in your fancy car, your fancy car. Can't feel the heat as you drive around in your fancy car. Mr. Politician. Tell me, is it true that if we put all the land you own together, you could see it from the moon, from the moon? It's crazy you have a bodyguard to protect you from me. Oh, when do I apply? What must I do to be protected from you? Eric Wainaina with his song Fancy Car, directed at Kenyan politicians. Even if his lyrics are overtly critical of the government, he's not censored. He's all over the radio in Kenya. The country borders Tanzania, Uganda, Sudan, Ethiopia, and Somalia, and has miles of beach on the Indian Ocean. The variety of music styles is astonishing. Kenya sent its hottest young stars and its venerable elders. At the festival, a set called Kenya Classics featured East Africa's King of the Twist, John Nzenze. Now in his mid-70s, he's still fueling dancers with this sound. John and Zenze, Kenya's legendary twist star, accompanied by Peter Akwabe. They filled the dance floor at the 2014 Smithsonian Folklife Festival. 
This annual event is a riot of culture connection. In 2014, with Kenya and China sharing the focus, Mongolian cowboys and costumed opera stars from the China delegation were drawn to irresistible dance music on the Kenya stage. The Kenya party was epic. Gargar from the Somali border features three dynamic women in long dresses, heads covered. They take traditional Somali music and juice it with funk, reggae, a message, and unforgettable vocals. Gargar, performing at the 2014 Smithsonian Folklife Festival. These women from the town of Garissa on the Somali border are proof that an enormous variety of music is thriving in Kenya. The title of the festival's Kenya program was Mambo Poa. Mambo Poa is Swahili for what's up, Mambo Poa. In the Luo language, the word for bird is winyo. That's the nickname that's been given to this singer. Winyo, performing at the 2014 Smithsonian Folklife Festival, 
on the National Mall in Washington, D.C., representing the nation of Kenya. We knew as a TV producer, actor, photographer, songwriter, musician, and heavenly singer. I'm Marika Partridge, reporting for Afropop Worldwide. Yeah. <laughs> Afropop has followed the career of Ayu Bogato for decades. He's not often in North America, but in summer 2014, he came from Kenya for the Folklife Festival. On stage, Ayu Bogata is a striking figure in traditional African clothing. He's a one-man band with this nyatiti. The nyatiti is a lyre with eight plucked strings supported by ankle bells, an iron toe ring, and vocals. The interwoven melodies, harmonies, and rhythms are mesmerizing. He was born in 1956. His father was training to be a doctor, his mother a nurse. When he was six, his parents came to America for medical school, and they brought him. They were both musicians, they sang Luo folk songs, and they were booked on a tour and played college campuses all around the U.S. with Ayub in tow. While the family was in America in 1964, Kenya gained independence. Ayub loves his country, but not the arbitrary borders and restrictions that come with nation-building. To me, Africa is one country. And then I go further and I say the world is one country. Why do we divide ourselves? In my music, I try to break through these barriers. I write my music thinking about all human beings. And to me, the human being is the most beautiful animal on this planet. There is a quality in human beings that through intellect we misuse. We must stop misusing our intellect to put down other human beings. We must live together. Ayub is an intellectual, schooled privately, well-traveled, always into music, guitar, piano, trumpet, drums, violin, and literature, philosophy, science. Once he wanted to be an astronaut. Now a veil of disappointment has settled. Oh yeah, I want to go to space because I want to get off this Earth. I just want to go away. We are too cruel to each other. This is not allowed. We should not be so cruel to each other. My dream is to get off this planet. I'm too late now, I'm a bit old. I don't think they'll ever make me an astronaut. 
but maybe there are young people who need this opportunity. How can I help? How can I help? Please show me a way to help you. If you were in charge, what would be the first thing you would do? I'd break down all the borders. No more borders, no more passports, no more visas. Let human beings be free. Let human beings settle on the planet. There's enough space for all of us. In the late 1970s, Ayu Bogata co-founded the Africa Heritage Band, a roots ensemble. That's when he first discovered his beloved Nyatiti, the harp lyre from his own Luo tribe. The instrument he refers to as his wife. Will you describe Nyatiti for a radio audience? Nyatiti, eight-string lyre. The lira, the lyre, comes from Mesopotamia. My people, we walked from Mesopotamia to Kenya. We have been in Kenya for, hmm, I think, uh, 2,500, 2,700 years. We're recent immigrants. Kenya sent its best to the Smithsonian Folklife Festival. Ayu Bogata is an international star. He's been touring the world for over three decades. His veneer seems tough. It protects a heart that is noticeably tender. Music comes from my soul. It comes from my heart. Music is a matter of connecting human beings together. That's my job. I've worked with so many musicians, and each one teaches me something new. Who's a current inspiration for you, or a current collaborator? You. So your collaborators are come in every form. Every form, every shape. Everyone has 
uh, a story. Every human being has a song in their soul. Every human being has a song. Ayu Bogata, a featured artist at the 2014 Smithsonian Folklife Festival. We spoke in the garden next to the Smithsonian Castle. That was Marika Partridge, and she was reporting from the Smithsonian Folklife Festival. And I'm Georges Collinet, and you're listening to Afropop Worldwide. Today, we are collecting some of the work our producers have been creating for Afropop's podcast. You can find out more about our podcast and find links to download older episodes at afropop.org slash podcast. You can also download our podcast from the iTunes store or whatever podcast player you prefer. Next, we turn to our producer, Sam Backer, who has a profile on one of the most influential electronic producers in South Africa. Take it away, Sam. One, two, one, two. Can you hear me on this? Yeah, yeah. I'm Sam Backer, and this is Afropop Worldwide. Now we're going to spend some time with one of the most enigmatic musicians we've ever met. A phantom, a specter, DJ Spoko. I grew up with, from the streets, you know, they'd be like, yo, Spoko, Spoko, everyone. So like, even when I have to push my thing, I didn't have to name myself. So I can't change if I say I'm DJ Marvin, yes, my name is Marvin, they're going to like, who's Marvin? So I had just to go because I'm doing this for my fans. So even the music Bacardi was named by the fans. So yo, your shit is Bacardi when we sipping Bacardi, man. South Africa, specifically from Attridgeville, a township near Pretoria in the country's north. Working from his home studio, he's produced a steady stream of some of the best electronic music I've ever heard. It's an eerie, driving style he calls Bacardi House for the brand of rum consumed by its fans in local clubs. Spoko recently released War God, his first full-length album. 20 tracks long, it pulls from his extensive, although not particularly available, discography. It's almost as much a greatest hits collection as it is a debut. Spoko's pretty excited about it. The War God is coming. That's my album with 20 tracks. It's coming, man. Yeah, there's 20 tracks. Pure disease, pure love. <laughs> it's everything pure in there, man. Spoko plays a strange, almost mutant form of Kwaito, an electronic genre that achieved massive popularity on the post-apartheid dance floors of South Africa. Kwaito's a fusion between the sounds of Chicago House and Bubblegum, a bright, electronic style that dominated the charts during most of the 1980s. Throw in some hip-hop vocal swagger, and you have the recipe for a vibrant, inventive music. 
That's 50-50, an enormous hit for the Kwaito superstar Mdu, one of Spoko's favorite artists. South Africa has one of the continent's largest music industries, and over the years, enough Kwaito had been released internationally to give people a sense for the genre. As you can hear, it's a sound situated somewhere in between rap's raw attack and the chilled out bounce of house. Some of it was a little corny, but what chart-topping style isn't? Still, no one expected South Africa to produce anything that sounded like Spoko. is Township Funk. It's an undeniable masterpiece. It takes the basic sound of Kwaito and hollows it out, removing the comforting pulse that links it to house music and leaving only the hard-edged snare and the low churn of the bass. It sounds like the ghost of dance music. With international attention glued to South Africa during the 2010 World Cup, the nation's music had a once-in-a-lifetime chance to reach far beyond its usual audience. For us, it was the video for the township. It couldn't even been played like 100 times. They played maybe once, twice, and say, yo, this too much township took it off. You know, so we are like, ah, it's another track. <laughs> Keep on working. But the next thing, it was like, yo, that track, it's like it's playing all over the world, man. I remember listening to it at the time, as a friend played it as loud as he could out of tinny laptop speakers. I was amazed. I had never realized that the absence of sound could work like a hook before. Dark and threateningly spare, Township Funk was more than enough to bring Mujava international attention. When he failed to release many more tracks, word began to spread that there was someone else behind his sound, a mysterious producer named Spoko. I got a chance to interview Spoko this summer, when he was in New York to play shows at Central Park Summer Stage and MoMA's PS1. We talked about his new album, and he told the story of how he got his start. I can't say I was making electro music. I was trying to make Kwaito, this weird Kwaito. It gotta be a little more faster. It gotta have this energy. The first guy I gave him my tape, he came and asked for it because I was playing it on my computer. Be like, yo, give me your tape. So yo, what do you wanna do in my tapes? I know I wanna play it, man. I got a car. I just wanna play it in my car for myself. So I'll be like giving him tracks. 
so when he's been playing the tracks, he became famous than me by just playing my music. Who was it? It's a guy from the township, just another thug in the hood with this stolen car. <laughs> it's the next thing we moved to the Texas, you know. Because the taxi drivers, they're gangsters as well, so they'd be like hollering at those. And they say, yo, in our society, we, be, we play this kind of music, man, we need it. Then they put the, the music into the taxi. It became like taxi music. Each and every taxi that goes to town, it'd be like boom, boom, boom. If it's not boom, boom, it's noisy, you know. But the, you know, the old people, they used to get irritated. Only the youth, you know. Only the youth, you'll find them there, like, being happy, waiting for this certain taxi to come because this certain taxi plays this certain song that other taxis they don't have, you know. So I started just programming it now. I'm no longer even interested in Deep House, that is, it's taken over. South Africa, I'm not even interested in the quiet that was so big at that time. I kept on doing what I'm doing. You know, kept on doing it, kept on doing it, kept on doing it until in my hood it's like boom, my hood they listen only me. Until it took over other townships around Pretoria. Until it took over the northern province, the northwest, the Devon. You know, the only city that didn't take over is Joburg. I took it over but they don't want to admit, you know what I'm saying? When we came up with the Java project, it was like yo, the another chapter, you know. Because when we came up with Java, we didn't just like came up with this, my style. We tried to do bass and drum from Java. You know, like bass and drum is like boom, boom, go, 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 like a boom, boom, go, go, go. But with that 808 kick, so, so heavy, like boom, boom, with the snare. But when it breaches, the snare be so thin. So like people, they used to go crazy for that. Ngona marusna re re dalaka jibi riski mile mo java re ga zolol dibiri mo gwanti wa go pe ni mara wa yu java zo mo gwanti wa go pe ni mara wa yu mnande zo ngona marusna re re dalaka jibi Spoko grew up in the countryside of South Africa's northern province and he wasn't really exposed to technology until he moved to Pretoria at the age of 15 he says he saw concerts at an arena near his house, but pop music didn't really hit him until he got to the city. Then I get to Pretoria, boom, everything was like starting to attack me, man. You gotta do music, you gotta do music. You gotta, why? Because I can't do, I, I, I don't know nothing about music. That's what I've been telling myself, like, why I gotta do music? While Spoko's passion for music was almost overwhelming, it wasn't until he discovered a computer program called Fruity Loops that he finally found the tool to help him recreate what he was hearing in his mind. Fruity Loops is a digital sequencer. You select sounds and then use a grid to punch out the rhythms. It's perfect for electronic musicians because you don't need years of training to use it. As a result, it's become massively popular worldwide, especially as a pirated version. Yeah, I just came across Fruity Loop on one of the CDs that my old man used just to bring from work. He used to buy those PC format magazine, you know them? He used to buy them because he's like a technician, my father, you know? So he used to buy those magazines. He just bring them home to read them, to find new programs. He doesn't care about the uh, demo versions of those software, those are in there. So I just hollered out to one of the magazines. When I was reading through it, 
I saw this fruity loop, they said, now you can just do music now and save it as a wave or MP3 without a hassle. I'd be like, are they real? So I start searching for the CD that came with that book in that house because he will just throw it away. I searched it for days until I find the right CD, load it on my computer. Everything started now. Then I found Fruity Loop 1.1. That's when I started to believe that there's God out there and is looking at me. I started to do miracles now. That's why I started to push my thing. Fruity Loops lends itself to a distinctive style of composition. Early versions had limited numbers of potential samples, so the tracks were spare, without the layering that is the hallmark of so much electronic music. Combined with the ability to sample anything and incorporate it into the rhythmic grid, the result is a music that's intense and percussive. It's a style that's all over War God. Spoko was disappointed by the aftermath of Township Funk. He didn't receive any credit for the track or for its successful follow-ups. And to make matters worse, music in South Africa was changing fast. Kwaito was losing popularity to hip-hop on one side and to a smoother, more cosmopolitan form of house on the other. There's no more Kwaito in South Africa. Kwaito, man, is like down the drain nowadays, you know, because it's like the big names are, are old now. They are no longer creating Kwaito, those who came up with it, you know. So even the youth from those sections, they are no longer creating Kwaito. They are too much into hip-hop, too much into R&B, too much into African music, they are no longer quite easy for that. You know, the music that was created by Tag is not easy for somebody in this nowadays to join it, you know, because they believe if I do quite, which means I'm from the township, I'm in the All Star and Dickies, and I'm not, so I can't, <laughs> you know. So it's like, even my music, some of the people they used to say, no, your music is poker, man. Even if you played in a club, the club just tend to be a shebeen. <laughs> I'd be like, yeah, I mean, it's not my fault. That kind of perception is a real problem, and it cuts across the lines of both race and class. While Spoko's music can be played in the taxis and clubs of his hometown, large-scale South African success has eluded him. That's partially due to changing musical preferences, but it also reflects the deep divisions that remain within the country. Townships are tough, often crime-ridden places, and the music that Spoko makes carries their image with it. It's sort of like gangster rap, but without the middle-class appeal it's still hard to get the masses into a Shabin. In the place of a domestic audience, Spoko's received increasing amounts of international attention. First, the Ghost Town EP was released on True Panther Sounds, and now the full-length War God is out on Lit City Tracks. Both are fantastic, full of startling, inventive arrangements, and suffused with pitch-bent emotion. A lot of it's genuinely beautiful, and all of it is great to dance to. Spoko's music is a true product of South Africa, mixing traditional sounds and styles with up-to-the-minute technology in a forward-looking, cosmopolitan fusion. It's just a shame that unless things really change, so few South Africans will get the chance to hear it. Still, Spoko seems unfazed. He's right where he wants to be. A full album of remixed, remastered classics ready to be played to crowds around the world. I was just making the music for myself, and it ended up making it for the township. Now I gotta make it for the world, you know? But I'm ready, you know, I'm ready because like I didn't just woke up and became dead. It took me 15 years. So the book of these 15 years, I can go back and read 
I'll be like, I know what is needed. I remember, I remember what my grandpa used to say. You can read the full text of Sam's interview with DJ Spoko on afropop.org. And if you want to learn more about South African electronic music, well, we have that on our website too. I'm Georges Collinet, and you're listening to Afropop Worldwide from PRI, Public Radio International. Today, we are taking a whirlwind tour through some of the most exciting episodes from our podcast. Want to hear more like this? Well, that's easy. You can subscribe on iTunes, on afropop.org slash podcast, or on whatever podcast program you prefer. In 2014, Afropop Worldwide went to Madagascar to produce a three-part series on the music and culture of that amazing island. However, our producers found more stories than we could possibly fit into just three programs. In this podcast, Banning Air looks into a unique music of Southwest Madagascar, Beku, local Malagasy blues. This is a story about how a mysterious old vocal tradition has become a rich source for popular music and a force for political change in a troubled land. The setting is the vast Indian Ocean island nation of Madagascar, specifically southwest Madagascar. The music is called Beku, and here are three singers interpreting it a cappella. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was Lala Njava, Mikea, and Monika Njava singing Beku. Now, Mikea, a successful pop singer in Madagascar today, notes that there are different kinds of beku, sung by different ethnic groups in southwest Madagascar. In particular, he distinguishes between the Antandrui style, what Lala and Monika just sang, and his own Masikuru style of beku. Mikea says the Antendrui Beku is high-pitched, and the Masakuru version is pitched lower. There are other differences too, but let's start with the Antendrui and go right to the source, the larger-than-life master of Antendrui traditional music, Remanind. Beku. Lami Beku. Yeah, no, 
Remenin is explaining that Beku is sung at Antandroy funerals, big events that can go on for months depending on how many cows a family can afford to slaughter for the festivities. And they'll need cows or cash as well to hire Beku singers like Remenin and his family ensemble. If the family is rich, he says, they'll hire an artist like me. This is Njava, the group that Lala and Monika Njava sang with in the 90s and early 2000s. The group consisted of these two sisters and three brothers after they won the Radio France International Discovery Award in 1992, Java toured in Europe and released two CDs on EMI, becoming international Malagasy celebrities. Both Lala and Monika now live in Belgium and have careers of their own, but they traced their success to the early discovery of traditional music, like Beku. Here's Lala. Le Beku on doit chanter avec la voix serrée et ça doit être très profond. La douleur, c'est le message. Lala says you have to sing Beku with a thick voice. It's profound. The message is sadness. It's a kind of prayer because she says we Malagasy believe deeply in our ancestors, especially the ethnic groups who sing Beku. You can't just sing Beku any old way. You have to sing it with respect. Monika Njava says all this started when the large Njava family, 15 brothers and sisters, moved to the southwestern city of Tuliar. Up to that time, Monika had mostly been a fan of Otis Redding and Aretha Franklin, soul and R&B records her older brothers played at home. When I manager at Tuliar, Monica says that when the family got to Tuliar, she discovered Miriam Makeba, another big influence. But then she became transported by the music the family's Antandrui gardeners played among themselves at night, especially the singing called Beko. She decided she had to learn it, and that's how she met Remenind. Monika is describing the way Beku ensembles work at these Antandroy funerals and other ceremonies. The singers start by asking the organizers questions about the family and the occasion. Then they start to improvise words based on what they learned. There's typically a lead singer improvising over a background of other singers. But the Lokanga fiddle or other instruments can also provide the background. Monique, ah, yeah, Monique, Monique in Java. 
Remenind is remembering how Monique Njava came to him wanting to learn Bek, and he taught her. They've stayed friends over all these years. In fact, he even sang with her on a gorgeous song from Monika's recent solo album, Aizena. The song is Sahira, and it talks about the desperate lengths that downtrodden Malagasy people went to in order to survive the country's political and economic crisis that began in 2009. We have to say a word about Malagasy politics here. First of all, they're complicated. But a big theme comes down to the fact that people living on the coasts of the island have traditionally felt overshadowed and disenfranchised by the people of the Central Highlands. The Highlanders ruled during the 18th and 19th century Merina Kingdom, and they continue to dominate national politics today. This is one reason that music like Beku and other coastal ethnic genres naturally carry a message of empowerment and change. That's something that's always been part of Monica's musical life. Here she is remembering her first big song she wrote in 1985. <laughs> Et ça, c'est tous les Malgaches qui connaissent cette chanson. Cette <rire> chanson a dit que oh, ce n'est pas... Monica bon, says all Malagasy still remember that song. It's called Mozole, and it's a condemnation of corruption under the old regime of President Ratsiraka. Ratsiraka censored the song, but being a stubborn young woman, Monica dared to sing it in a stadium in Tuliar with Ratsiraka in the audience. Après, il m'a applaudi. <laughs> Monica says afterwards, he applauded me, and the censorship was over. Coming back to the present, Monica's current work is no less engaged. The title is Eisna, that darkness. Monica's 2012 solo CD is called Eisena, which means darkness. She says she created it during a difficult time in her life, her family's life, and also during her country's crisis, which started in 2009 and ended only in 2014. Monica sang about corrupt politicians and how their actions were destroying the lives of Malagasy people. There's nothing very positive here, she says. One song and video from the album assails corruption and celebrates freedom of speech. Ironically, it annoyed the authorities to the point where they asked her to leave the country during one of her visits there from Belgium. The song is Riulo. Vaza va 
garantika Fenu mashuandru mi balika Tani beharena Tukwa itifirenena Ireuva huaka kusa Mijali mapahunena is all about tough messages. She told us, I don't do love songs, that's not my style. Je ne sais pas écrire le style uh, I love you. <laughs> non, ce n'est pas mon style. <laughs> Monica's sister, Lala, has charted a different course since the members of Njava went their separate ways. Her new album is called Malagasy Blues Song. Like her sister Monica, Lala Njava remembers that the spiritual connection she received through traditional music led to a kind of political awareness. La musique de Njava est spirituelle parce qu'il y a du caractère, il est assez travaillé et il y a aussi le problème de langage. Lala says that Njava's music was always spiritual and to keep that character it had to be sung in the rural dialect of the southwest, language from the countryside, the forest, not the official Malagasy that most pop singers use. Nous avons grandi dans le sud-ouest. C'est vraiment la langue ethnie qui venait du Chakalava, ethnie Chakalava et le Mashikur. Growing up in the southwest meant singing in a very ethnic way, coming from the Sakalav and Masakuru people. We sing in the style that is traditional to our culture, Lala says, Beku and Ansa. Lala's politics started there and never quit. In fact, her sphere has only enlarged. On one current song, Pardon à l'Afrique, she demands an end to the use of child soldiers in Africa. Ah, tick, tick, everybody's tick, tick. Ah, tick, tick, everybody's tick, tick. Ah, tick, tick, everybody's tick, tick. 
chicken boo bello. Now you know that I would love a chicken boo bello. Ain't no chicken to bed ever any more. Lala's songs point fingers at the powerful, but when we spoke, she also critiqued her fellow Malagasy citizens. Il y a aussi une erreur de notre génération. C'est notre faute quelque part, parce que nous n'avons pas appris, nous n'avons pas dit aux jeunes la valeur de notre culture. Lala says there was also a mistake of our generation. We did not teach young people and explain to them the value of our culture. Now, one has to note that Lala and Monica no longer live in Madagascar. Very few artists who do are so bold and brave in their subject matter. A rare exception is Mikea, who also comes from the southwest, the land of Beku and Sapik and cattle guarding. Moi, j'étais chanteur de Bec. Bec, c'est un chant des gardiens des ébus. C'est un chant des gens dans les villages. Mikhail says he used to sing Bec as a young boy guarding cattle in his remote village. But he adds, we weren't willing to do this in town. We couldn't attract girls with our singing because we were ashamed of our dialect. Later on, he learned to be proud of his roots culture. We gave our music a name. It wasn't Sapik, it wasn't Saleg. We called it Beku and Blues. On a donné le nom de musique Beku and Blues. Parce que le Beku c'est la façon de chanter et qui ressemble beaucoup à la blues. Yamani, oui, ben akolo. Intungi misa na bali, oh oh, hey bang. Fulangu ngolo manwang ni tele. Mikhaya says Beku is like blues because it's the music of suffering, sung by cattle herders and hunting people who live in the forest far from schools and centers of power. Mikhaya told me he was originally inspired to modernize and popularize this music when he heard singing from places like Congo and Brazil. That helped him understand that music could help reverse old, colonial-based cultural stigmas. Il avait des ministres ici, à l'époque, ministre de la culture et de mes amis européens, dit que c'est ça ce qu'il faut. C'est ça ce qu'il faut, c'est ça ce qu'on attend. Mikhaya says a Malagasy minister of culture and some European friends encouraged him to sing Beku. That's what you have to do, they said. That's what we're waiting for. And now, years later, the dialects of the Tuliar region have become popular. Mikhaya says people speak Masikuru, people speak Mikhaya. In Tuliar, you find people singing in those dialects with acoustic guitars. But despite that progress, Mikhaya's new album is all about problems, like the violent scourge of cattle rustling in southwest Madagascar. For Mikhaya, this is a product of underdevelopment and poor education, and the Malagasy government is fighting it with a militant campaign, burning villages rather than building schools. Il ne faut pas rester juste toujours jouer la guitare, chanter le bec. 
Mikaya says more and more artists are singing about such things now. We are engaged artists in Madagascar now. He says, before, I never talked about political things. But now, I tell my friends, it's not enough just to play guitar and sing beku. We've done that. We need to speak out. We can't just allow politicians to do as they please. Monica, Lala, Mikaya, and others are part of a new wind in Madagascar, inspired by traditional culture, rooted in the land, tired of watching officials and corporations destroy the country's natural heritage for their own enrichment. And more power to them. I'm Banning Air for Afropop Worldwide, hip deep in Madagascar. <laughs> For more on Beku music, visit afropop.org for our interview feature on the genre. And if you want more Madagascar music, well, we have just about everything you could possibly want in our three-part series, Hip Deep Madagascar. You can hear those programs and two more Madagascar podcasts on our website, afropop.org. Hip Deep was made possible by the National Endowment for the Humanities and a very generous community of Kickstarter backers. Thank you, everyone. You made what we do possible. Funding for Afropop Worldwide comes from the National Endowment for the Humanities, the National Endowment for the Arts, which believes a great nation deserves great art. And PRI, Public Radio International affiliate stations around the U.S. And thank you for supporting your public radio station. Well, I know I've said it before, but if you like the stories you heard today, there are more where they came from. So subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or at afropop.org slash podcast. For more Afropop, mixes, articles, pictures, and whatever else our web team can think of, you should find us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at AfropopWW. And join us next week for another edition of Afropop Worldwide. My Afropop partner is Sean Barlow. Sean produces our program for World Music Productions. Our chief audio engineer and co-producer is Michael Jones. Banning Air edits our website, afropop.org. Our producer for new media is Sam Backer. And I'm Georges Collinet. PRI Public Radio International.